You're listening to First Fossil. Welcome to First Fossil, a show where we learn together how to take that first fossil toward becoming the best versions of our name is Candice Olushala, and today's special guest is a woman who, who helps women coaches run a profitable coaching business with consistent clients by creating powerful lead magnets. She actually started full time at 17 years old and has gone through a ton of ups and downs. Her story is very powerful. So listen up, guys. Without further ado, please welcome fellow coach, Kavitha the coach. Hi, Kavitha. So glad to have you on my show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. And it's lovely having you, uh, lovely meeting you here. So, yes. Hi, friends. I am Kavitha the coach. And as Candice told, I help women coaches out there especially from India and other countries who wants to have consistent clients because as coaches, having consistent clients is a big challenge. So I help women coaches crack that challenge by creating powerful lead magnets. Thank you. Yes. Oh my goodness. She, guys, I've spent a few minutes talking with her before this show. And let me tell you, her story is powerful. I wanted to kind of just see how things were doing. I know you're yeah. So just so people kind of understand, we've been in this pandemic for a few years, and I know a lot of people have heard about what happened in India. That was that was last year, right? And so can you, from your perspective, kind of give people a little synopsis of what's been going on in India since that devastating experience that you guys were dealing with? Yes. In India, uh, now we have got the third wave hit. The first and second wave, we have lost many near and dear ones. Each family, each family has received a news or been part of a close to one's death. It was very painful. The last two years, we have lost our loved ones. We have seen our loved ones suffer without uh, not able to get the timely medical aids. We had seen business close up, close down. There are many challenges we were facing as a country. Yes, we are working hard. Still, again, with the world, we also suffered a lot. Hmm. Man, I just wanted you to kind of put that into perspective because, you know, of course, over here in America, we just hear about what's going on with us most of the time. And we have our own politics that are surrounding that. But I, I kind of wanted to highlight that because for me, I studied public health and I'm a pharmacist as well by trade. And I always think it's important for people to recognize that different countries are having their own issues surrounding the pandemic and how they're handling it. So I'm very glad that at least about 60% of, of people in India are vaccinated at some degree and that you guys are suffering from what was going on last year. So that's, that really warms my heart to hear that. I'm very thankful. Thank you for sharing that with us too. So tell us what exactly for you, what 
a first fossil or a series of first fossils that have shaped where you are now in your life? So uh, before I tell, share my first fossil moment, let me give a little bit background story of mine. I live with my parents, my mother, father, father, and my younger sister. We are a family of four, a very beautiful family. And in India, going to college, having that college education is normal for the middle-class families. Parents pay for the fee. And we all have our degrees and masters with a very affordable price. We, we don't get, we, know, we do not get lots of debts for that. It's very affordable. But even at that point of time, my family's financial condition was not so good that we were able to afford the college fees. So at 17 years of age, I had to take up a full-time job. So that job also, it is a government-aided job where out of 1 lakh applications, only 40 students were picked up for that government-aided scheme and I was selected for it at the age of 15. After two years training, we were given that job. So at age 15, I knew that I will not be getting my college education. So we just went ahead after completion of that training, I got my job. And after that, I, I did my, uh, we call that as distance education in India, where working professionals, people who work for full-time, who would like to continue their college education, we have an option called as distance learning where you pay the fee, you get all the, school, uh, all the assignments, your textbooks to your home through courier. You, you read that books and yearly once you go to the college to write that exam. So if it's a three years course, three times you go to the college, write the exam. And once you get your good marks, you complete the assignments, the college gives you a degree. So this is how it works in India. Wait, wait. This is specifically for people who are working full-time. No, even if you're not working, but you cannot afford to pay the full-time college fee, you can stay at home and you can attend the exams only yearly ones. So uh, people from very poor background families who cannot pay that college fees do that, who would love to complete their education and get a degree. Okay, so, so then to me, this, so this sounds like almost kind of and then I'm, this is a loose equivalent. For us in America, we have a community college system where it's a lot cheaper than going to a state school. And you still would have to go to class and stuff. But then we also have the ability to do online classes. But I don't know of a program specifically where it would basically give you all of the materials and then you really just have one exam to say that counts towards your whole grade right so even with the assignments and everything that you get graded they are graded your assignments are graded and suppose you have for one particular degree you are supposed to take six subjects we call it as subjects. Okay. So every year, six subjects. So 18 subjects, you have to write those exams and complete it. They are graded. The exams are graded. The assignments are graded. And with overall grading system only, you get your marks. Oh, okay. That's like that. We don't, I don't think we have quite 
that sort of I don't know if it's exactly that but that that is hard that is hard but it is cost effective yes it's very cost effective where even the poorest of poor if they love to continue their education they can pay the nominal fee and complete that course and get their degrees we we call it degrees so that after your name you have that uh, so the undergraduate degrees even postgraduate degrees we can do like that so i completed my bachelor of commerce and master in business administration with that so 3 plus 3 6 years of my education with my full time job i completed like that america get on this this sounds great we need help with our debt situation for students so let's talk to india sometime that would be great they seem like they know what they're doing because i like see this is my public health brain speaking i love that it's set up to where even the class of the country can say i can still get a degree and not have to worry about the financing to go with it yeah it's a lot of work but i would rather be able to do it like this than to say i i can't because financial financially it's just not feasible so i really like that the country has put that in place for its citizens that is genius to me yes thank you for that and yes there, there are so many people millions of people uh, getting their graduation degrees through this process so there there is a separate you know a system for that and it works very beautifully supporting the community student community so that way i completed my education and i i got married i I'm, i was blessed with the son in india arranged marriage is very common so parents choose a groom and they say that this groom seems to fit for the family the groom's parents see the bride and they fix the marriage so it's very common there and i i got into an arranged marriage and i uh, the life was tough there there we had so many issues from the beginning and uh, within a year i had my son and when my son was son was born there were so many issues that i decided that i'm going to live my life ahead as a single mom Mm-hmm. so the job whatever i was doing it it was tough we had night shifts evening shifts day shifts it didn't have a perfect timing even though the money was relatively good but with that timings and when i decided i wanted to be a single mom yes my parents would support but i wanted to live independently i didn't want to take support from anybody at that point of time because again getting separated in india is a big taboo even now so i wanted to live independently so i decided my when my son was 3 months old baby i decided that oh, i have to switch my career make the career move so i started preparing for exams because in india for government jobs you there are competitive exams you have to crack it which is very tough so after out of lakhs of people few hundreds get the job so mm. i decided i'll go i'll go for another government job gave my best in the exams and yes i could crack it the my second job was relatively financially the pay was less but i had a definite timings that 10 to 5 would be the job so i decided to make that switch career move and people around me told me that i am crazy for making such a move for you know going for 50% of the salary of my previous job which i was working for nearly 9 years so when everything seems fine i decided i have to make a move for my son to spend enough time with him and to be a good mom with him mm. for me i could focus only on my son there the other things 
I, I took a leap of faith. I thought that I can manage it. I can sort it out as life goes. And I just took the leap. Uh, took the leap. So that first Paso moment in my life where everybody around me told I'm crazy. Everybody around me told me that this is not going to work and I'm going to regret that moment in my life. And God's grace till now, I have not regretted because I knew that that is what I had to do at that point of time. And I'm happy for taking that decision at that point of time. And that, see, that to me is so commendable. And, you know, there's so much that goes on with, what is your family going to say? What are, what is the community going to say? This is the culture here. We don't, no one does this here. Very few and it's hardly supported, if at all. So just to see a woman who was willing to say, but my son, right? Like at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's me, it's my son. What does my son most need? And what do you to make sure that he gets that? And you made that choice that a lot of moms do make for their kids. They make those sacrifices. And, and you also did it for yourself too, right? And so I love... I love that about your story. And so, so what happened from there? Yeah. So uh, from that moment for two, three years, I was living with my son as a single mom. And after a few years, again, for the, you know, all my family, all my relatives, we, we had our, I had my younger sister and she had to get married. So if a woman is living separately, that's a big question mark. The next sister doesn't get good grooms in india so whoa that, that will, yes wait a second yes. wait 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 because <laughs> you just said something that sounded very similar to what i've heard growing up so i'm half nigerian and so culturally you usually want the oldest to go for you pretty much try to go in birth order is how we it's usually seen in the culture so when the oldest is not married, one, the youngest are going like, hey, can, can you hurry it up? Like, I'm married and you're taking your sweet time. Like, can you? We don't want to wait too long. OK, especially the women. They're like, I got to have kids. Can you wrap this up? Can you can you find something? Do you want me to help you? Because I, I have I love interest out here. Right. It's totally like you would never hear someone in America say something like that who's like truly American, American blood, culturally, like their roots are here. It is, it is not seen as a cultural here. Like get married if you're married. If it was my younger sibling, whoop do you do for them? And then the oldest next, whoop do you do for them? And then the middle, okay, whatever. But birth order and marriage in Indian culture, very very serious so and and also the first sister should have a proper married life then only the second sister can get married if she is separated or she is divorced or she is having some issues in her marital life then the prospective grooms of the younger ones reduces uh, to 25 to 30 percent of the 100 from the 100 percent that's a lot of pressure on the oldest you better you gotta get it right Wait, so then is that the same thing? Okay, so like if the oldest was to get married and it was great, wonderful, and then the next child gets married and they're like, eh, that still affects the next child, right? So if yes. anyone in the line is having some kind of issues, it's going to affect 
coming. Exactly. Yes. Oh, that's hard. So whether you like it or not, it is better you stick with your marriage so that the younger ones get good prospective grooms. Uh, see, no one in America would think about their siblings when it comes to marriage. It's just, it's not, it's not a thing. Here, it's like, it's my marriage, it's my life. My family doesn't have a say. It doesn't affect them. Their life is. So I already know that people are going to listen to this and go, what? <laughs> but this is good. This is, I, I, I'm so glad that you're breaking this down too because this is this is my listeners kind of just step into this cultural space with you okay so keep explaining that so you're now in a situation or like at this time in your in your walk in your postal you're in a space where now the young in in a bind because you've already divorced Right. And uh, we, I was not divorced. I was separated at that. Separated. Time, but, okay. So you're separated, separated and yes. that already is not good for your sibling. Yes. Okay. So, and my son was also growing up. So I, I, I thought that maybe I, by taking the decision of staying alone without, so I was taking out the, his opportunity of having a father in his life. So I decided that let me give one more try. And uh, uh, the person who I married, he also insisted that let us give it one more try. So we tried to fix the things up. Uh, my sister's marriage was also come like we, we had to search for a groom for her. So we decided we'll be together. And uh, we were trying to sort things out. The struggle was long. Yes, in this uh, situation, my sister also got married. But my second pastor moment, came a few years after that it for around 10 years we were struggling to you know have that marriage in a proper sense for my son there were so many issues day in and day out basically we couldn't stick and he had many issues with me and I, I felt that I can't breathe properly I, I felt stuck in that relationship and at one point of time I decided that I cannot take this anymore that's it even for my son or for myself i it is always said that children need a father and mother hmm. it, it is told very commonly in especially in our country but i later realized that if my son is growing up in a broken home he it is affecting him a lot he was growing as a broken up person so i wanted him to grow up as a proper person that he was the main reason for me to stick up with that marriage and I felt he was the number one child who was affected by that marriage. Mm. So one fine day for whom I was doing all these things, he told some nasty things about me to my own son. And my son replied him back that I don't believe all those things about my mom. And that day it just snapped and decided that I'm going to leave this marriage. It, it doesn't make any sense to continue in a marriage when somebody says those are awful things to my son about me. And yes, he, he never believed it. Even now he doesn't believe a single word of that. But that snap moment when I didn't know what I'm going to do with my life, when I didn't have a, any, uh, any plan or anything, but that moment I decided that I'm going to leave that marriage. And I took... That was my second Paso moment in my life where I decided to do something for myself and to have a healthy 
environment for my son. Oh, man. This, I'm telling, this is the word that you can say about all this. This is just pure bravery. And I'm not saying that you weren't scared or the, the bravery that superseded any negative feelings that come with having to make these decisions. It just shows the integrity that you have as a woman and where your values are and where your priorities are. Faith is that at the end of the day, you're going to be okay as long as you're making the best decisions for the circumstances in which you and your son are in. And this is like, ooh, I am moved already. I'm loving your story. Okay, so you, you left? Yes. Yes, I just left the house. Uh, there were many things I lost, the material positions, everything. I left everything. I didn't even turn back and look because the 10-year struggle was too much for me, trying to, you know, fit in. So I just left all, I left all the material things. I wanted to leave all the memories. I just took the minimal things, took my son, and I just left the place. And first thing I did is I asked a, f- a few friends help took an advocate and applied for the divorce because this time I wanted to, it to be final. Last time I did the mistake of being separated. And in the 10 years of time, there were many points where we got separated. Then we had to, you know, stay together. I, I didn't want this to happen again because by that time, my son was around uh, 11 years old. So I thought this is done for and I applied for a divorce in the court of law. Mm. So I wanted to make it final. Final. And it went through? Yes. Uh, in India, uh, the Indian law supports women a lot. So even though my husband, he wanted to fight for it, uh, he, he didn't fight for the child. He never, you know, never wanted the child, but he wanted to fight for the divorce so that, you know, it, it, he, he can make it horrible for me. But uh, the Indi- Indian judicial system supports women like anything. So uh, with the due process, because there were strong evidences in my case, after a point of time, he also decided that it doesn't make any sense. He can't drag the case. So uh, we went for mutual and within a very short time, we both came out of that. And finally, I was out of that marriage. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Man, okay. So you, you fought to get out the court ruled in your favor and now it's just you and your this point so yes. where did where did you guys go what did you guys do um by that time i had bought a very small house so we immediately left to that my parents were i cannot say that they were opposing me because they knew the horrible life i i led for the past 12 years but they, could, they couldn't support me completely also. They had their own uh, issues. So anyway, I didn't want to bother anybody. I took a small house and I started living with my son. And when I was going through the divorce process, uh, I had a few friends so, who I asked for help for uh, recommending a good advocate or, or lawyer, what we call in India. So they recommended me. And at that time point of time, Uh, When I was uh, studying for this uh, job, the job which I took at 17 years of age, so at 15, I I had few friends in my life. So that friendships were from 15 years of my age. 
so uh, i had a few male friends and in that one male friend he is a very close friend of mine we were best friends but i never discussed my married life to him not only with him i never discussed my married life with many of the people so when i was uh, go, when i requested his help for supporting me for my divorce he helped me out and later at different point of time i came to know that he was also going through a very bad married married life and he was fighting for his divorce so we never discussed about our married life so we never got to know about this part of our marriages so finally after i completed uh, my divorce i came to know that he also had uh, similar experiences and we found that we could find solace in each other and now uh, with parents support and with kids support we are all living together my parents his parents our kids we are all living together and i i i found bliss finally in my life i have the most supportive person in my life right now and i am really thankful to god and i am very happy that my son got a good father and his children are happy that they found a good mother so this this is all like uh, very difficult in india for someone to accept it even think about it so my uh, my relatives and his relatives they we, we have been disowned by the others but parents my parents and his parents saw the struggle we have been put in our married life for the last 10 to 12 years so our parents are supporting us our kids are the witness for the bad married life we had so our kids are supporting us relatives can't see what happens inside a home so they disowned us because again we are from different caste caste is something which is considered it is similar to race in america you can say that mm. but at least race physically you can see the difference people come from different country origin but caste is such a bad thing in india it it, it divides people who are from the same country same mm. state just by the name of caste which is decided by the birth god knows who decides that so caste is such a nasty thing which is told in india and which is still followed and we both are from different caste so that was the main reason we were we are disowned by everybody from the society also second thing is because uh, a woman having a kid marrying somebody else is not socially acceptable if a man marries thrice or four times it is completely acceptable but for a woman it is not acceptable so right now we have crossed through so many things and i am here at this point of my life but you're happy i am happy i i found my peace see that's the thing it's necessary it's worth it in the end man kavita your story is it's so liberating especially for women i think women need to hear, and i think it's also going to be encouraging for men too to know that there are powerful strong women out there that they can stand alongside and work with in this world I'm so touched by you. and I just want to thank you so much for taking that time to unpack it, explain it, especially from a cultural perspective, so we can really understand that. 
and being vulnerable to share that story with my audience and everyone that listens to this episode. How can people contact you to find you on social media or reach out if they have a question or just want to share for this episode? Uh, so I have my website, kavitadcoach.com. So you can just visit my website. We have a contact form. We have a newsletter. You can subscribe to my newsletter or with the contact form, you can just mail your, uh, give your email ID and whatever is what you want to speak to me. I will contact you immediately because as a woman, I understand that our time is important. So I make it a priority to check my contact form regularly and be in touch with you as soon as possible. So it is not like other websites, you send a contact form and people contact you after days or months. No. So please, whatever you wish to speak, open my contact form, put the details, give your email ID. I'm there for you. I'm going to contact you immediately. So check out my website, kavitadicoach.com. In social media, I am available as at Kavita the Coach in Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere. So you can contact me through social media also. Thank you. Awesome. Kavita. So guys, that's kavitathecoach.com at kavitathecoach online on social media. Please reach out to her. I, women, I'm speaking to you. Young women, I'm speaking to you. Young ladies, I'm speaking to you need someone to speak to that uh, has has gone on powerful journeys that inspire you, please reach out to her. She's super kind and hilarious and just very forthcoming. So it's nice to have someone like that to talk to. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If there are any topics that you want covered in the future, any situations that you're going through that you want addressed on the show, please shoot me a DM on social media at Candace Olu. You can also tag me in your socials if you've been listening to the episodes and you want to post quotes, whatever you want, feel free to tag me and even Kavitha in those posts. We would love to see them. You can also text me at 8003396 and I check those text messages all the time. I love talking to you guys. And let us know, did you relate to this episode? How did you relate to it? What spoke to you? Please let us know hearing those comments from you. If you want to know how to further support, please go to www.firstbustle.com and you can see the variety of ways you can support, whether that is through just listening to the podcast, sharing, liking, and it could even be purchasing uh, products or my sponsors and affiliate programs becoming a patron of First Basito. And I want to thank my First Basitos for all their support as well. And there's so many other ways. So feel free to reach out. Thank you guys for this journey that you've been on with me for the last year and a half. This has been awesome. And I'm loving learning stories just as much as you guys are because these steps that we're taking together are just helping us to grow and evolve, become more of who we're supposed to be each and every day. So thank you for going on this journey with me and allowing for me to be on the journey with all of you. You guys all take care. Please stay safe. Please literally still out here. She has not gone away and she has friends. She has cousins. So just please stay safe. And Kavitha, 
we will definitely be in contact. We will stay in touch. You're a blessing, but to so many people. And I hope you realize that every day you take care and we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Aw, thank you. Take care. Bye.